Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out our YouTube channel and we're excited to bring you this sermon from our latest series, When Worlds Collide. And this series is all about relationships and it's gonna help you build healthier relationships uh, with your friends, with your family, in your marriage. And if, if you're single, help you with, get the tools to find the right one that God has chosen for you. Uh, if you enjoyed this sermon, we encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And also, if you wanna help us get these sermons out uh, into the community and out into the world, uh, please feel free to donate uh, to Shore Christian Church with the link provided. Thank you so much. God bless you, and I know he will. Man, well, God bless you. Welcome to Shore Christian Church. If this is your first time, if you're new here, I'm Pastor Isaac, and you caught us at a great time. We are in the middle of this incredible series called When Worlds Collide. And we have already gotten some great feedback on uh, some testimonies, some miracles of God restoring relationships, strengthening marriages, building us up uh, uh, from the inside out. And I am so excited about this sermon because this is kind of like the linchpin that can save your relationships. If you could get this message today, what we're going to talk about this morning, it will change your life completely. Uh, go with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And uh, this is, again, a sermon, very famous sermon that Jesus spoke called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is speaking to uh, a Jewish people that was used to relating to God uh, on a particular way. And uh, he, he goes through this, this saga of uh, uh, raising the bar from what you say to now what I say. You know, what, what, what you say is, is uh, if you commit adultery, but what I say is that even if you look at a woman or man with lust, you have already committed adultery because what Jesus is saying, what Jesus is trying to teach everybody is that it starts in the heart. That it starts with a seed in your heart that will eventually manifest on the outside around you. And so he says, verse 21, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder for if anyone who murders, they're subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or a sister or a spouse or a friend will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka. It just sounds like a nasty word. Raka. Turn to the person next to you and say, Raka. I don't even know what it means, but Raka. <laughs> careful what you say when you don't know what it means. <laughs> because you will be answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, that's what you just called the person next to you. <laughs> you fool will be in danger of fire, and I don't like that because I've said worse things than you fool, is in danger of hell and fire. Wow, that's, that's serious. Where's Jesus going with this? I, I think Jesus is trying to teach us something, that it starts in the heart. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. I pray that you will anoint the words that are going to come out of my mouth, Lord God, I pray that it will prick the hearts of everyone in here, Father God, and that we will be delivered from saying raka. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Who is easily offended in here? The people that are offended that I just said that. I, I believe that we live in the most offendable time in the history of the world. Do you, do you agree? 
I mean, there are times I got to pray and fast for like a week before I post something on Facebook because I know it's going to offend somebody. I, I always actually, to be honest, I, I kind of rate my sermons based on the, 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 the most people that I could offend, probably the better the sermon was. And then it's funny, the people that uh, believe that this world is way too politically correct, they're the ones that get offended faster than anybody else. Uh, because we live in the, the age of offense. Um, probably the person that I know that gets the easiestly to be offended is my daughter, Lily. Like, if Lily does not get her way at, at any moment, she throws a fit. Completely, like, she has to do everything herself, has to put her shoes on herself. If anyone tries to help her put her shoes on, she has a panic attack, freaks out, and, and she will bite, she will kick, she will scream, and she is relentless. When she cries, we're trying to tell her, Lily, stop crying. She says, I don't know how to stop crying uh, because she is relentless. Even the other day, she asked me how old I was. I said I was 34 years old. She said, you're 44. I'm like, no, I'm 34. She's like, no, you're 44. Uh, she's arguing with, she's getting offended that I'm saying that I'm 34 Years old, and, and I was talking to Diamond about it. We went up uh, on a little getaway to the Poconos this past uh, weekend. It was amazing, little Valentine's Day treat. And uh, I, I was talking to uh, Diamond, what is something uh, that, that Lily gets offended at? And Diamond's like, you're not going to believe what happened the other day. She would not put her shoes on. And finally, she was crying. She was kicking. She was screaming. And, and she wanted to do it, but she wasn't capable of doing it because she's five. She doesn't know how to tie her shoes yet. And so Diamond, my, my wife on the front row, says to Lily, uh, you're, you're acting nasty, Lily. Go to your room. And so Lily, kicking and screaming, runs to her room. She's crying. She's emotional. She's upset. And then after a, a couple minutes, Diamond goes in there. She's still crying. Goes to Lily. Lily, what, what's, what's the matter? And she looks at Diamond and says, I'm not nasty. I'm beautiful. <laughs> because she's easily offended. <laughs> I'm not nasty. I'm beautiful. I love that. I love that. Yes, you are, Lily. Yes, you are. And, and all, all of us, man, we, we struggle with, with this idea, I think, of getting offended. I, I think it's, it's hard for, for me. I, I get easily offended. And, and I, I think Christians can be the, the easiest to be offended people, and, which is interesting because we serve a God and our, we have faith in a Savior named Jesus Christ who dropped every offense that he had to hold against everybody. And yet we hold on to offenses in relationships so often. I think that the reason a lot of us are so unhappy is because we are so offended all the time. If you want to be happier in your life, then it might be a good idea to not allow yourself to get offended so quickly. So I want you to go on a journey with me to become un offendable. Who wants to become unoffendable with me this morning? I, I want to become unoffendable. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There is one coming after you whether you believe in the devil or not. There is evil in this world and there is an adversary who wants to destroy your life. That's what he wants to do. That is his goal. He says it, to destroy your life. And what his strategy is, um, is, are there any, any um, newly married couples in here? Any newly married couples? Any, uh, any couples engaged? Any couples engaged? Sherry, right there. Is Ed here? 
Oh, Ed, come down here right now. Ed, Ed, Sherry, you guys are going to come up on stage with me right now. Ed, hustle down those stairs. All right, he's doing a challenge. You can lose some weight coming down those stairs. A little bit faster, a little bit faster, a little bit faster. Uh, come on up here, Sh Sherry, Ed. All right, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, you, you guys, got, you, you guys are, are, are engaged. Let's see The Rock. Show everybody The Rock. Hold it up in the air like you just don't care. What's up? And, and this is Ed. All right, all right, I want you to, to put your arm around Sherry. All right, like that. They're so cute, aren't they? They're so cute. And, and so this is, what, this is what Satan wants to do to you. That's right. That's, right. Yeah. That, that's, that's his strategy. To destroy and to divide. And it's interesting how marriage is a, a type of the church because that's what Satan wants to do to the church. Wants to divide us. That's what he wants to do with every family member. That's what he wants to do between you and your brothers and your sisters and your children. He wants to take what is together. And he wants to divide. And you, you, you want to know what his tactic is? This is what his tactic is. Offense. Offense. That's how he divides us. That's how he divides couples. That's how he divides churches. That's how he divides relationships. That's the reason why some people have to go to four different Christmases. Because an offense started inside of your heart. And it grew and it grew to the point where you can't even be in the same room with that person anymore. I'm going to have you guys just sit right there. All right. For, for just a second, I'm going to be right with you. Everybody's watching you, so don't bite your nails. Don't go on your cell phone. <laughs> I, my, my, my mom uh, says, says a lot of times, the devil made me do it, or she'll say it to me. And I always argue with her because I don't think the devil made me do it. I think my dumb self did it. And I think that your dumb self does it too. But this is what, he makes you dwell on it. He makes you, and if he could get you to dwell on it, then he could destroy every aspect of your life. So many people are, are, are so offended, and, and I, I believe that it starts with a word. I believe it, it starts with something so small in our life. I, I've been a pastor for, for 10 years. Can you believe that? 10 years. 34, been a pastor for 10 years. And, and I could look back at some of my closest friends, couples that I... I I married uh, couples that, that I was in the wedding party with that, that went through things in their life. I never thought that they would ever, ever be at a place where they can't even look at each other any longer. And yet now they're, they're in a place where I remember it was a couple years ago, one of my best friends in the world came up to me crying his eyes out after church, telling me that his wife is going to be leaving him. And I have no idea in the world how it got here. And, and it's happened I, I, to over and over so many times every single month I hear a couple that, that, that is so close to the D word, so close to, to, to wanting to just end it all, but it doesn't start in the courtroom. It starts with an offense. It starts with one word. It starts with one thing that you allow to get in your heart about that person and you hold on to it and you put it inside of you and then it never goes away and it manifests and it grows and it grows to a point where you won't even want to see that person any longer. You don't want them to be in your life any longer. It starts with an offense. I thought about how Jesus goes on in this passage. He says, Matthew chapter 5, he says, verse 23, after he talks about the whole rocket thing. He says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, then remember that your brother or your sister 
has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Man, some of you guys, you're, you're sitting here in worship. Sometimes I look at you, you know. Margo, you're an amazing worshiper. You know, just, ah, thank you, Jesus, from the inside out. Lord, I hit one there, didn't I? I think it might have been a G note or something. And, and so, but I mean, this amazing moment of worship. And you, you, you give your tithe and you, you, you pray and you, you greet people at the door. And yet you are harboring an offense inside of your heart towards somebody else. And the Bible says, don't, I don't even, God says, I don't even want your gift. I don't even want your praise. I don't want anything unless first you reconcile with that person. And then he goes on to say, verse, verse 25, it says, settle matters quickly with your adversary. Interesting, verse 23 said, if your brother or sister causes a, an offense to come, and then one verse later, it's your adversary. I used to think they were two different people, but I'm realizing now that sometimes the brothers and the sisters, the people that you are closest to, a lot of times are the ones that become your adversary. The people that you are closest to in life are the people that can hurt you the most. The people that you open up your heart to are the people that could stomp on it and hurt you more than anyone, and they can eventually become your adversary. That you once loved, you once cherished, you, you once said, I, I can never be away from them. I, I love them so much. And now you can't even stand to be in the same room with them. It starts with an offense. And I've been offended. I've caused people to, to get offended at me. I, I remember there was this one time, this one time, Sherry. Um, See, one thing that offends me more than anything else, I don't know if I'm the only one, is if somebody does something to wrong my wife. I get very offended at that. And I could fly off the handle very, very quickly, and I could go rocka on you so quickly if I hear you say something disrespectful to my wife, look at her with wandering eyes, I will smack that look right off of your face. I don't care if we're in church or out in Cookman Avenue. I could go rock on you real quick. And I'm working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a therapist about it, actually. His name is Jesus. And I meet with him every day. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And <laughs> but I remember there was this one time, Sherry, that um, uh, actually Thomas, um, and, and I, I love the, the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission is amazing. But I just got to share this story. Um, it, it was Christmas Eve. And uh, Thomas was at the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission. And we wanted to drop off some Christmas presents to Thomas. And so Diamond calls up the, the, the rescue mission and says, we, we have these presents that we want to drop off. Uh, and, and they told us that you're not allowed to see Thomas, not allowed to see him. Because he was in a program, and, and, and we get that. Um, and, but Diamond said, no, no, I just want to drop off the, the presents. I don't need to see him. And then they said, yeah, right, that's, your, that's what you're trying to do, to, to, to see him, is, is come in with the presents. Diamond's like, no, we just want to give him the presents. And, and then the guy starts laughing at my wife over the phone. And he was on speakerphone with Pastor Isaac in the car as well. And, and I, I straight up lost it on my bro at the mission. And I just went rocka on him real quick. 
And, and I even pulled out the, do you know who you're talking to right now? This is Pastor Isaac. You're just, you laughed at my wife. And, and I just went off on this poor intern or, or someone there. And, 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 and you know what, what, what the worst part about it was, Sherry, is that Thursday I actually had to go to the mission and speak to the mission. And guess who answered the door when Pastor Isaac came to the mission? Homeboy that I told off on the phone, went Raka on, is the one that answered the door for Pastor Isaac to come preach the gospel in this amazing shelter because I got offended and it got in my heart and manifested in the words that came out of my mouth. And a lot of you, the reason that bad things happen in your life is because an offense got inside of your heart and you didn't take it to God. You allowed it to come out of your mouth and eventually the things that come out of your mouth will become the actions and the world that you live in. But it didn't start with murder in this scripture. It didn't start with stealing. It didn't start with divorce. It started with an offense that got inside of your heart that you didn't take to Jesus. And the title of this morning's sermon is Barriers or Bridges. And there is no political undertones whatsoever with that title. So don't you dare get offended or you can leave right now. <laughs> Barriers or Bridges. <laughs> That's the perfect title for a sermon on, on offense, isn't it? Because we're, we're all going to get offended, and, and, and you guys, and, and, and Jason, you could come out, and, and because in, in marriage, I feel like, because marriage is the most intimate relationship, that that's where offenses can get inside of us the most. But, but you, could, you could take this to any relationship that you have in your life. Because with every offense, you, you have a decision to make. You, you can't control the offense coming to you, but you can control what you do with the offense once it comes to you. Do I hear an amen? You can't control what people say to you. You can't control what he says. He has a big mouth, and he will say stupid, stupid things because he's a man. And that's what we do. It's just part of our DNA. We say dumb, dumb stuff. Do I hear an amen, ladies? <laughs> that was the best amen I got all morning, but I'll take it. And, and, and that, that, that's good, Jason. Just, 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 he's not here, right? Okay, don't even look at him. But, but we say dumb stuff. But I, I, for me, the, the worst thing that gets me in trouble is not the things that I say, it's the things that I don't say. Sometimes it's not what you do, it's what you don't do. It, it's the unmet expectations that Diamond had that she thought that, that I was going to be able to fulfill for her, the things that she thought that I was going to be able to do, and I ended up not doing them, and bitterness and hurt came in her heart. But my response is, if, if you can't expect it if you don't express it, ladies. If, you, if you're expecting something out of your man, you better express what you're expecting because we are terrible mind readers. We are not cardiologists, ladies. <laughs> Raka. But this, this is, an, and I didn't know that they were going to be the couple that was up here, so I'm just making up these, these scenarios. But I feel like a lot of times we, we go into relationships and we have pasts. We have things that we experience in our past. So we'll just say Sherry had seven brothers and sisters. And Ed, <laughs> Ed was an only child. And so for, for Ed's birthday, 
Um, every single year growing up, his parents would write him these page-long letters that were so sweet, and he loved them. It was his favorite thing about his birthday was getting that letter from his parents to, that they loved him. And, and Sherry had, had seven brothers and sisters, so she, he, they, they didn't have time to write all those letters because they had seven kids to take care of. And, and so it's Ed's birthday, and on Ed's birthday, Sherry thinks because he loves food, rub your belly, Ed, he loves food, and, and so Sherry's like, I'm going to take him out. What's your favorite place to go eat? All right, indecisive. I'm just going to go with one. Um, uh, Moonstruck. It's beautiful. Great view of the river. Awesome. So Sherry takes Ed to Moonstruck. They have an incredible birthday dinner, um, and, and it, it goes fantastic. And, and, and then she tells him how much that, that she loves Ed, and it's amazing, but no card, but no letter. And Sherry thinks that she did an amazing job, but, but Ed is, is, is left waiting because he didn't get what he expected. And so he takes that, that offense, that brick, and he puts it right here. And he starts building this wall because every stone is an offense, but the mortar is pride that we have in our heart. And, and so that, that's, for, that's for Ed, but I'm going to go on to the next one and say that there may be a, a situation where <clears throat> um, Ed likes to go shopping, and Ed's a shopaholic, and, and you guys just took financial peace, and you are saving to buy a house. You're saving to buy a house, and, and they thought they were on the same page, and then Ed comes back home with two bags of stuff from the Jersey Shore outlets. He's got sh new shoes and jeans. And, and I'm, I'm kind of painting Ed in, in, in a bad picture, but you just bear with me here. And Ed comes home and he's got these new shoes. And, and Sherry says, what are you doing? We just talked about a budget. We just said that we weren't going to spend anymore. And they both have jobs and they both make their own money. And, and Ed's saying, but, but, but wait, I worked hard all week. I work hard for my money and I got it on. That's right. That's what you, we like to say. I got it on. Yeah, that's right, but you still had to put it on your credit card. <laughs> and, and so Ed's frustrated because he thinks that Sherry's trying to control him, and, and you're trying to control me. It's my money. I made that money. I worked hard for that money. Don't tell me how to spend my money. And Sherry's saying, we just talked about this. We need to start saving for a home. You agreed that we needed to start saving for a home, but yeah, but I need to be able to have some fun. And, and Sherry's like, yeah, but I don't need you out gallivanting all over town looking like Kim Kardashian buying shoes all over the place and, because we need to buy a house. But Ed's saying, you know what? I don't need a wife that's going to control everything that I do, always looking over my shoulder, telling me what I need to do what I can't do. I thought I, I am, I, am, I, am I hitting any, any nerves here? And, and you start taking these bricks and building a wall. And then next week, Ed, poor Ed, Ed goes out with some friends from work. And, and it's a guy's night, and he communicates that very well to Sherry. You did a great job communicating that it was a guy's night. And, and it's a guy's night. It's only guys. But then one of the guys that Ed's with sees some girls that he works with. And, and Ed didn't even talk to any of these girls at all. He wouldn't because Ed's a good guy. He's an amazing guy. And the only woman that he talks to is Sherry. <laughs> and, and, but, but unfortunately for Ed, there's a picture taken 
and it looks like one of the girls has her arm around Ed. And that picture ends up on Facebook. And Sherry's home thinking that Ed's out with a bunch of guys. And then she sees on social media a picture of a girl with her arm around Ed. And Sherry's been cheated on before. And, and this hurts her. And so when Ed comes home, Ed's got a, a mouthful that he's going to hear from Sherry. But Ed's trying to tell her, look, I didn't do anything. I didn't talk to one of those girls. But Sherry doesn't believe him. But she says that he, she believes him. But it plants a seed in her heart. And, and this is just, for, for me, I'll tell you what, what happens in my marriage, Sherry. Our, our biggest fights always happen in the car. Is this true with anybody else out there? That, that our, if, if we just took the car, <laughs> and you don't have to raise your hand, it's okay. <laughs> I, I was thinking with Diamond, like, if we took the car out of our marriage, we would never fight. But it's like, and, and for, for example, like, I'm not a great driver, I'm a talker when I'm in a car, so I talk. I get distracted very, very... I'm not a great driver, okay? So if you're going to drive with me, wear your seatbelt. You know, and Diamond's a great driver, but she has no idea how to give me directions off of the GPS. She gets so... Like, the other day, we're coming back from the Poconos, and, and I got an important decision to make. I need... I got a turn coming up, and, and I go to Diamond. Diamond, where's the turn? You got the GPS, right? She's like, oh, shoot, I closed it out. Why would you close it out? We're on the highway driving, and she closes it out. I take the wrong way. It takes us 25 minutes out of the way. I'm ticked off. I'm angry. I'm frustrated because I got to get home and study to talk to you people on a Sunday morning because you put so much pressure on me. And, and I'm taking it out on my wife because she doesn't... <laughs> Anybody relate? And, and, and sometimes if, if we don't know how to handle this, we take these offenses, and you may say this is stupid, but you get offended over so much stupider stuff than this. And you take that offense. Man, I, Ed, you were supposed to take the trash out. What's the matter with you, Ed? I'm going to. I'm getting to it. But the game's on right now, and it's exciting. And Sherry says, fine, I'll do it. And Ed's angry because he was going to do it in 10 minutes if you just give me a chance to do it, to take it out. And, and so all of a sudden, they're, they're fighting, and they're bickering, and all of a sudden, they don't even realize what's happening. They don't even realize what Satan is doing to them. They don't even realize the walls that are beginning to be built with all of the offenses that they are taking on one another, but brick by brick, all of a sudden, they were so close at one time, but the offenses got inside of their heart, and now, five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, after so long, they can't even see each other any longer because their offenses built a wall up inside of their heart, and now they're in a courtroom filing for irreconcilable disagreements in their marriage because they didn't know how to deal with the offense that came in their life. And this is a picture of so many marriages and so many relationships right now. And the reason that there is a wall up is because you allowed that offense to get in your heart. And what was so beautiful at one point, they, were, they couldn't be separated. Now, they have a wall built by offenses. And the mortar that sticks them together is pride. I'm not apologizing. It's like that, that dude that you see in the movies that's in prison. And he, he tells everyone, I'm, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. And you end up putting yourself in a prison of offense. And your pride keeps you there. 
because you're too concerned about whose fault it was than actually taking it to Jesus and forgiving them. And this is a, a deep issue because forgiveness is so hard, man. It goes against everything that we want to do in our flesh. And, and a lot of times, yeah, you, you, you can see a counselor, absolutely, you should if you're having trouble. There, there are so many great resources, self-help books, and you could watch Dr. Phil all morning and, and eat ice cream and take all the advice from them that you want, but forgiveness is not something that we could do in the natural. That, that is, is when we need to be able to find someone who could do what we couldn't do. That could look his accusers in the eyes and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And that man and the only God man that you could take that to is Jesus. Jesus, who was God with skin on. Who in John chapter 8, they caught a woman in adultery and everyone had their stones in their hands saying, What do you say we do, Jesus? We need to build a barrier. We need to put her in prison. We need to stone her. And Jesus turned to them and said, He who has no sin, cast the first stone. And he took those stones that they wanted to build a wall around her with and said, I'm going to use those stones not to build a barrier, but to build a bridge of hope. And there is a bridge of hope in your marriage, in your future, in your family, but this is what you have to understand to do, is you can't do it on your own. You can't do it. There is only one. And Satan wants to, to take the one and make them two. But Jesus wants to take the two and make them one. And he says in, in, in Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, he says, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. You're one with him when you're connected to him. And, and Jesus broke the barrier of sin. The Bible says that the veil was torn when he died on that cross. And when that veil was torn, suddenly that wall that separated you from God was torn down. Your sin, your selfishness was torn down by Jesus on the cross. And then Paul put it like this. What can separate us from the love of God? Neither life, nor death, nor things present, nor things to come, nor angels, nor demons, nor principalities, or no other created thing can separate us from the love of God. His love is in your life. There is no wall separating you from God any longer. And if Christ is in you, here's it. He is now your tag team partner. So now when you feel like you can't forgive anymore, you say, God, I need you. If, if you're in me, then I could do what you did. And I don't want to forgive Ed. Ed hurt me. It was wrong. But you know what, God? You could, you could give me the strength in order to reach over and knock over the wall and reach out your hand and say, I, I forgive you. Let's work on this. Let's not build a wall, but let's build a bridge of hope through Christ. He's the only one that could do that for you. And some of you, this message is just what you needed because you have built a wall of pride inside of you that they'll never understand me. I'll never forgive them. And you know what? It takes two to reconcile. Sure. But it only takes one to forgive. And you know what? That relationship may never be reconciled. But that still doesn't mean that you can't forgive them. Because that person who hurt you might not even be around anymore. They could be dead. And you're still carrying around stones of offense inside of your heart. God says, if you want to have healthy relationships... This is what you got to do. 
Because when Ed offends you, Sherry, he's going to offend you. This is, what, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to, you, you got to take this from Snoop Dogg. This is what Snoop Dogg said. Snoop Dogg said, drop it like it's hot, drop it like, and, and you, this is, go. That's it. That's it, Ed, Ed, same thing. Yeah. That, that's it. So, so, some of you this morning, this is, this is what, somebody offended you this week, and you couldn't control what they said or did to you, and you have it in your hand, and you have a choice that you can make. I could either hold on to this and build a prison of offense inside of me, or I could give it to God and just drop it. That is the best decision that you, but, but nobody appreciates me. Nobody ever recognizes me. When I came into church, I always get a hug, and I didn't get a hug this time. Well, you know what? Get over it, and you're in the house of the Lord. Drop it and say, it's all good. It's not about me. It's about Christ in me. And if he's in me, I could drop it. I could drop it. Thank you guys so much. Let's hear Ed and, and Sherry. Thank you guys. You guys are going to be awesome. Who is this message for? Raise your hand. Amen. Amen. This is for somebody who's been putting yourself in a prison of offense. So often, what we want to do if someone offends us or someone hurts us, what we want to do is we just want to remove them from our life. I'll never talk to them again. And one after another, you've done that. You, you've said, I'm never going to talk to them again. They hurt me. Never going to talk to them again. They, they wronged me. Never going to talk to them again. You know where you're going to end up? You're going to end up in a prison all by yourself. Because all you know how to do when somebody offends you is just remove them out of your life. Because you're full of pride. Imagine if Jesus did that to you. I'll tell you this scripture that really freaks me out when I read it. And it's in Matthew chapter 6. And, and it says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Yes! That's a big butt right there. If you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. People always say that blasphemy is the, the, the un... Uh, a repentable sin. That one's right there too. That when you build a wall between you and other people who offended you, guess what God does? He builds a wall between you and him. If you want to break down that wall of separation between you and your creator, you need to break down that wall of separation between you and your brother and your sister. It's quiet in here. I want to read this quote from C.M. Smead. He said, Forgiveness is setting a prisoner free and realizing that that prisoner was you. A lot of us in church, some of you, you've been in church for so long, and, and you just can't get the greatest commandment that God wants for you. 
You think it's all about how you live and, and I'm better than other people and, and at least I'm not like that person and, 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 and I've been in church so long, I know God's word and these people out here acting like Sodom and Gomorrah, these crazy kids, this whole society is going to hell. But you know what? If you don't have love inside of you, then you have nothing, the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 13. Listen to what this says. If I speak with tongues of men and angels, but do not love, I am like a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, I could speak in tongues, I could praise God, and I have all the mysteries and all the knowledge of the Bible. I could give you Hebrew and Greek of everything. And if I have faith that can move mountains, but have no love, you are nothing. If I give everything that I have to the poor because I'm guilty and I want to I help the poor and, and I feel like if I give to the poor then that'll somehow justify some of the actions in my life and, and I give everything that I have to the, the, the poor and I give over my body to hardship so that I may boast but have not love, I have nothing. The reason that God brought you to church this morning is not for you to give your tithe. It's not for you to lift up your hands and praise God. Not even for you to have to listen to me for the last 40 minutes. Although it was a good 40 minutes, I'd have to say. <laughs> but the reason that God brought you here this morning is because you have built an offense towards somebody. It might even be somebody in this room. It might even be the person next to you. And God brought you here this morning. And the Holy Spirit has touched your heart so that you could drop it this morning. Doesn't mean you don't have the conversation. Doesn't mean you don't tell them how you feel. But once you have the conversation and, and, and you say, I'm sorry, they say, I'm sorry, then just drop it. It's over. Stop bringing it up. Let it go and let God fill that void inside of you and set your soul free. Stand to your feet right now if, if you're able to. If you're in here this morning and you have a fence in your heart, See, an offense is an event, but being offended is a decision. That's your decision. I'm offended. I can't help it. I'm offended. Yes, you can. The devil got inside of you and got you to dwell on it. And that's the reason why you're offended. It's because you're full of pride. But today, you're getting set free in the name of Jesus. If that's you right now, I just want you to shoot your hand up. If you have a fence inside your heart, God, you see these hands right now. Father, you know their hearts, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, give them the strength to drop it, Lord God. Oil up their hands with the Holy Spirit so that that offense will just slip right through their fingers and onto the altar, Lord God. For you forgave us. You dropped every offense that you had against us so that we could have hope. God, I pray that we will be able to do the same thing. That we could be a church that is unoffendable. That we can love with an everlasting love. Doesn't mean that we're perfect. Doesn't mean that we're not going to say things that are 
stupid and do things at times that are selfish. But God, there is a greater cause than us having to walk around offended all the time saying, I'm not going to talk to them anymore. I'm just going to shut them out of my life. Be set free in the name of Jesus. If you knew who you were, you wouldn't get offended so quickly. And some of you in here this morning, you need to You need to get in a relationship with Christ this morning. That there is a wall of separation between you and God. And this morning God brought you to this church so that you could be set free from your sins. How do I do that? The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord that that wall of separation will be broken down in your life. And you don't get to have religion. Nobody wants religion, but you get to have a relationship with a God who wants to become real in your life and strengthen you so that you could do things that you cannot do in the natural, which is forgive. Just bow our heads right now. No one moving in the top. If you're in here this morning and God is speaking to you that you need to get in a relationship with him, that you need to commit your life to Christ and break down that wall that is separating you from your creator, that wall that you created with your sins. If that's you this morning on the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hand up. One, two, three. I need Jesus. Yes. God, you see these hands right now. Let's just say this prayer as a church all together. Dear Jesus, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for setting me free that you died on the cross, that your love is greater, greater than my sin, greater than my shame, greater than the offense, and your love is living within me. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. You feel, you feel lighter? You got that burden off your back? Now when you go outside, guess what this world is going to do to you? They're going to they're gonna want to offend you. Not today, devil. I am un... Uh, you're going to go on Facebook and see somebody, some knucklehead writing something. I'm going to say, not today, devil. I am unoffendable because the greater one lives within me. Amen.